man. How many know that um, this year in America, I don't know about other countries, well, I think some in other countries, but in America, they're declaring that this has been one of the worst seasons of flu ever in, in the United States of America. It's been one of the worst seasons for flu. Um, anybody notice in the national news over and over and over and over and over again Gloria Copeland's quote? How many saw Gloria Copeland in the national news because of something she said about the flu? Okay, how many don't know who Gloria Copeland is? <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> the news media got her because somebody in the news media, I, I don't know the perfect story, but, uh, but um, the news media made comment that, you know, this was the worst flu season ever for America or in however many years or whatever it was. And uh, then they had this quote come in behind of Gloria Copeland at, a, at one of their conferences just declaring that flu had no authority over our bodies and that, that, she, that flu would never touch her body, something like that. I, I don't remember exactly what it was. But, uh, boy, they ran that over and over and over and over again and made her look like this arrogant, you know, person that, you know, I, I'm, I'm so much better than everybody else and I'm never going to get the flu or whatever. And you know what? I, I mean, I saw that. I, when I first saw that, it kind of ticked me off. And then I thought, you know what? That's just the world. You know, that's just the world. And, 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 if, and some of the things that we talk about from this pulpit here, we, we've been here 29 years in July. It'll be, the, it'll be 29 years that we've been here. We've preached to, to anybody that's come in the doors of this building and, and about uh, probably about 15 other buildings that we've had church in over the last 29 years. But uh, um, we, we, we preach the Word. And if you've never heard the Word preached... If you've never had the word preached to you, there's going to be a lot of things that you don't understand. You could have been in church all your life, but they never preached the word. And I'm not being critical of anybody. I'm just saying that, that there are a lot of places where they just preach information. They talk information. They give you statistics and stories and all these kind of things. We preach the word we always have. Lots of people preach the word. But... But you could be sitting there, and so then you'll hear something. You may hear us talk about that when Jesus died, not only did he save you from your sins, but he healed you in your body, and he delivered you in your mind. And, and so, so we are, according to the word, according to, to a minimum, well, there's at least five places that I could just quote to you right now in the Bible that say that by his stripes we're healed, okay? And... So because of that, we're not the sick trying to get well. We're the well, and when stuff comes against us, we, we resist it, and we declare and, and deny it to have right in our physical bodies because of what Jesus did, not because of how good we are. Did you hear that? So you may be a person that you maybe had many ailments in your life through the years, and all of a sudden you start hearing something like this. So we make sure that you understand nobody in here, has, has not a one of us, have ever been in a place where we've never been attacked in our bodies, where symptoms didn't get the best of our bodies at different times. It doesn't change the word. 
You see? And the world just doesn't understand that. that. Out there, if you've not been taught the word, then you think like the world. If you've not been taught the word, then you think like the world. This is the way it is. And so, whatever, you know? People can think whatever they want. But I'm thankful. I'm healed. How about you? I'm the healed in Christ. And no matter if it's the worst flu season in America, we're going to remain well, even if flu has attacked your body this year or whatever. It doesn't change the word. The word is still true. You're still the healed, and you declare it every day. And the stronger you get in that, it builds your spiritual immune system to even when attacks come, they stop. They begin to stop immediately when you practice that. Listen, you have a headache? And, and, and the norm is to take two aspirin, take two aspirin, but start praying before you take the aspirin. You'll begin to realize how powerful that the word is, and before you pop the aspirin, your headache may go away. Yesterday, two days ago, there was some, some uh, a person that I know who's doing something, I can't, I can't get the details because you understand this, but, but th- this person that I know was doing something somewhere else in the United States. And, and they're kind of a national person, so I, I saw something that they were doing, and they were, they, were, they were having some real struggles in what they were doing, and I just stopped for a moment, I began to pray in the Spirit, and God said, you speak over him and declare this. And I spoke over this person, and I declared certain thing, and two days later, I saw where what I said came to pass in his life. Would, would, would that have happened had I not prayed? I, I, you know, I don't know, but I believe that what I say comes to pass. I've, I've been doing this for 40, over 40 years. I've been born again and in the Word for over 40 years, and I believe that the Word comes to pass when I declare it because He said it would. And I've become so convinced of that over 40 years that a lot of times when I say things, they come to pass when I say it. And if I don't see it when I say it, I continue to thank God that it's coming to pass because he said, if I say what is his will for to, in a situation to come to pass, if I say it and believe it, it'll come if I believe it. Amen? So, I don't know why I gave you all that, but that was free, and uh, this will cost you. No, I'm just teasing. <clears throat> Amen? But is God good or what? Amen? God is just really good, and He's really good to us. Just put your hand on yourself and say, God is good to me. Amen? Start believing that. Every day, every situation, God is good to you. Amen? So, we've been in a series, and I think I'll probably end it next Sunday, but I've, we've had three messages on this. This is number four. Uh, we were gone last week. I uh, had a real honor and opportunity to preach in a church that I helped to start uh, over 30 years ago down in the Rio Grande Valley, down in, in Edinburgh, Texas. And, um, and they're doing a great work and asked me to come and preach and saw some old faces and just invested, had the opportunity to invest in, in those people. And it was an anointed time and, and really good things. And I heard the service here was great and that's the way it should be. Things should be good whether I'm here or I'm not here. But if I'm not here, it's for a purpose. Amen. And we're ministering and sowing into other people. And so we, we accomplished some really good things down there on, uh, last week. So we, we've had three, message, three messages entitled Unhindered. Um, talking about spirit, soul, and body, and living a life that is not hindered by our thought life. 
And to do that, we've talked about, you have to know that you're, you were created a spirit. This is not me. The real me is inside of me. I was created spirit. I was created, according to Genesis 1, I was created in the image of God. You and I were created in the image of God. All of humanity was created in the image of God, and God is spirit. So we were created spirit first. We have a soul which is a mind, will, and emotions, intellect. We have that soul which is not your brain. Your soul is not your blood-pumping brain. Did you hear me? Your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, we're not talking about your brain. We're talking about the soulish part of the three parts that you are, okay? Your brain is connected to your body, which is the third part. We were created to, to live on planet Earth, and to live on planet Earth, you've got to live in a, you've got to have one of these, and, and everybody that's here today has one or you wouldn't be here, Amen. You, I promise you, you would not be floating around in here if you did not have one of these. So, we are a spirit, we have a mind, a will, emotions, and an, an intellect, and we live in a physical body. And to understand how to deal with hindrances in life, we have to deal with and get to the point of our soul being unhindered because we think like God, and as a result of thinking like God, then we act like God and we operate in the kingdom of God according to His will. Amen? That's the way we operate. That's what creates a life that is unhindered, that is not bound by, by all different types of things. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people in the church world, in the years that, that I've been in the church for a long time, a lot of people thought that bondage had to do with things that you could see, and, and, and they are um, things that you could see, a, a, you know, a person could be an alcoholic, so they're in bondage, or they're a drug addict, so they're in bondage, or they're, you know, whatever else, what uh, other natural things that you could see that the body was, was controlled by, you know, they're, they're a constant smoker, so they're in bondage. Well, everybody in life, remember this, Everybody in life has to have a release. Everybody does. I, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday on the phone, and I said, what are you doing? He said, well, I've had a rough day, and things are whatever, and, and I'm kicked back. I got me a glass of wine, and I'm just sitting here listening to some James Taylor. And man, he was releasing. And he was. He was releasing. Everybody's got to have a form of release. Everybody say, a glass of wine is not demonic. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm saying, he was releasing, okay? Um, he's releasing in his life. And everybody has to have a form of release. But your number one form of release is the person of the Holy Spirit. It's the person of the Holy Spirit. What the person of the Holy Spirit will do is... He will lead you in how to overcome the thoughts because people have to release because of stress, because of thought life, because of fears, because of pride and jealousy and anger and competition. And I mean, we're living in this world and it's just constant. So you have to have a release from that. So, you know, some people, they, they take, you know, 14 vacations a year because they have to release they, and they have to have at least a week to release. 
And, 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 and some people, um, they watch movies every single night because they have to release. None of those things are bad, but it's not real life to watch a movie every night or, or go on a vacation every other week. It's not real life. That's the wrong way to release. Listen to me. Most of the time when you have to go somewhere to release, it's because you've not learned how to release day to day. So that when you go someplace, you don't only, only release, man, you absolutely relax. For I don't know how many years in ministry here, probably about 12, I think it was, maybe 10 or 12 years, we never took a vacation. From the time we were married, very few vacations, any places that we went was all ministry. So if we, we were at a convention or I was preaching somewhere or something, maybe take a couple extra days, but it was, there was no vacation time. The first vacation that we ever went to was in, uh, that, that I can, not, not, it's probably not the first or only vacation, but we did, there was hardly any, and it was somewhere in the late 90s, we went to Panama City Beach, Florida. Anybody know where that is? <clears throat> and uh, we got there, and we were there for maybe, what, six, seven days or something, something, something like that, and uh, um, while, while we were there, it took me about four days to unwind. I didn't know what it was like. I mean, you know, cell phones and this or, or pagers or whatever it was in the time when we went and, and being aware of everybody else and having to do this and that. And I, I, didn't, know what, I didn't know what to do with myself. I mean, we, we, were, we were staying in a hotel right on the beach. And I was like, we went to the beach and back to the pool. And to the beach and the pool. And it was like, you know, I got to go do something. I mean, I felt, like I, I felt like I was coming off drugs or something, like a drug. You know, I was detoxing from this drug. And, and, and the drug was stress and the cares of life and everything that tries to get piled on you and put on you as a result of these things. And everybody has to have a form of release. And what I realized during those times or the, those few vacations that we took for several years, what I realized was I needed to release every day. I needed to allow things in the Holy Spirit to teach me how to release. And the more I tap into who I really am, the spiritual part of me, then the soulish part of me works in line with my spirit man instead of my soul just doing what my body wants or my body doing what my unrenewed mind wants is the best way to say it. Because, see, my body will, will do this, be this way, act ugly to this person, you know, uh, be intimidated by this person, uh, b being jealous about this, this person's working or whatever. My body will allow myself to, to follow all these natural things instead of me paying attention to my spirit. Now, last week, or the last time we preached, we subtitled this message, Truth or Tradition? And I want to read this passage again that we read in Mark chapter 7. I want to read it again. <clears throat> and I want to, because I want to make a couple of more points here. Starting with verse 1 in, in uh, Mark 7. Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together to him, having come from Jerusalem. Now when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews did not eat unless they washed their hands in a special way, holding the tradition, everybody say tradition, tradition. 
holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other things which they have received and hold like the washing of cups and pitchers and copper vessels and couches. And then the Pharisees and scribes ask him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? And he answered and said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, pretty bold. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men. And that commandment of God there is talking about the word or God's way. Laying aside God's word or his way and holding to the traditions of men. You know, you you can get a lot of different traditions. Actually, I think I I read some of these last week, and and I I wrote these down. I'll read them again. There's some things that people have that are traditions or things that they quote, but there's no scripture for them. There's no scripture place for these things. Like, for instance, um, you ever heard the statement, cleanliness is next to godliness? Well, okay, maybe, you know, I mean, taking a shower is a good thing, you know, and washing your hands like these people were freaking out about. I mean, they, they, they were majoring on a minor thing, right? God wants us to major on major things. They were majoring on things that were insignificant and trying to make a huge deal out of them. That's what the world does. That's what people do. You ever notice sometime you try to make a big deal out of something that someone else has done to make yourself look better? I didn't get one amen out of that. (laughs) I'll say it again. You ever notice there's times when we focus on something kind of minor in someone else to make ourselves look better, to protect ourselves. The world, the world has taught us entitlement. Entitlement to positions that we have, entitlement to relationships, entitlement, you know, to certain things. And actually what we're entitled to is anything he says we are. But you have to learn that. And then you have to unlearn how you're, you're in, you think you're entitled to controlling one thing or another, and actually what, what we're entitled to is the liberty that he gave us. That's what we're entitled to. So in, in his entitlement, it, we're entitled to no stress, uh, no fear, no pride, uh, no bitterness, no unforgiveness, no, none of these things. That's our entitlement. But the entitlement of the world works in the absolute opposite of the entitlement of God. Amen? And these traditions try to rule us and and control us. Another one, and this is a real popular one, God helps those who help themselves. I don't don't know how many times through the years that people have made comments like that. Well, you know, the Bible says that God helps those who help themselves. And I'm thinking... Scripture and verse. I mean, I, I, I think the first time I ever heard somebody say that, I thought, man, where is that? I mean, actually, that goes against the word. You know why? Because the mercy of God will help someone that can't help themselves. It actually goes against the word. But yet, it's a tradition, 
and something that's lodged in some of our minds. Some of you never even heard it, but I mean, with certain people. But you have other traditions that have to be rooted out. You have to be trained to learn how to be entitled to the promises of God only and not let the entitlements of other things in the world try to control us. And all of that, all of it, and we're going to look at it here in just a second, all of that comes through our soul. Paul said, and he's talking about himself, there's times when I find myself doing things I know I shouldn't do. And I find myself at times doing things, not doing things that I know are right. At the end of that whole statement, I didn't quote that exactly, everything that was said there, but at the end of that statement, he says, but thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph. And if you stay focused on the word and you stay focused in God and you stay focused on developing and renewing your mind and understanding the ways of God and the ways of the spirit of God, there's no end to what can happen in our lives. And not only for us, but when you're blessed and you're free from these entitlements of life, then you're able to help other people get delivered. And it's not pointing out their faults that helps them. It's helping them, praying for them, and helping them to, to, to learn how to get liberated from it. Nobody, nobody wants to be in pride. Nobody. You think they do, but they don't. We weren't created to be prideful people. Nobody wants to be uh, unforgiving. We were not created to live in unforgiveness. We were created to always forgive. That's the way he created us. Because of things that have happened in life and situations and circumstances, the way we grow, the way we've lived our lives, our minds have to be renewed or we'll stay that way and then we, we stay in a position where we're not in the receiving end of all that God wants to do in our lives. Amen? I want to be where I'm receiving from God. How about you? Um, and, I'm, and I mentioned a couple things that I want you to think about too. Um, in part of the church world at the time that I've been in, in church life, there were a lot of people that taught, and, and, I, and it just never sat right with me. I, I, came, I came from, you know, a lifestyle where, where just because of the way I was raised and, and people that I was around, you know, I was, you know, by the time I was about 13, 14 years old, I was smoking and drinking and doing some form of drug because everybody else was. I, I didn't necessarily like it. In fact, you know, first hit I ever took on a cigarette, man, I choked out and my face turned blue and everything else. I mean, I, they, the, the guy says, now don't inhale. And I go, what's that? <clears throat> you know, that kind of thing. I mean, I was about 13 years old and I mean, I, I almost threw up, you know, and people said, yeah, but these are great. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I didn't even like it. I did it all for a number of years. And I didn't even like it, you know? And, and, and so when I got born again around 18 years old, um, and, and got into the church, there was a big focus. There was this major focus on getting rid of drugs and alcohol and illicit sex and all these kind of things. Get rid of all those kind of things. You get born again, you got to get, get rid of it. You got to stop it the day you get born again. Well, there were people that talked about things like, well, you, you, can't, you can't connect to the things of God. Some people even thought you couldn't even be born again if you did things that were not right. And, and you really can't find that in the scripture. The scripture does say, if you continue in sin and disobedience to God, okay, 
you won't live on the receiving end of the kingdom of God in this life. It doesn't say you're not born again. See, a person gets born again, their spirit man gets born again. But in your soul, you still got all this stuff. And if you don't renew your mind and you don't want to renew your mind and you don't make the choice to renew your mind, then you're going to stay doing a lot of the things that you did before. You see? And so, so there's no truth in that. See, that's tradition. And people will try to convince you of that. And, 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 and listen, and, and don't take this wrong when I say it, but some of the meanest snakes on the planet I met in the church they didn't drink and they didn't do drugs and they didn't chase after other people you know or whatever was their thing they didn't do all those kind of things but man I mean there were some snakes I mean mean I mean 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 talk about you talk behind your back smile at you at church and talk about you to somebody else I mean I mean all kinds of junk in here and listen to me that's the stuff that God wants to deal with in us it's that stuff that matters. See, because I promise you, because you have all this stuff, you have to do this and your eyes wander and do all kinds of weird and crazy things because you got all this mess. You got to have a release somehow. You got to be able to smoke a joint, a cigarette, you know, drink a beer, have a glass of wine, drink alcohol, do whatever it is. You got to be able to do something to release all the stress and the pressure that's going on because I promise you, Living an unforgiven and a bitter lifestyle, man, it's ruthless. And those things take people to the grave prematurely as quick or quicker than cancer does or heart failure or anything else. Those kind of things. And that's what God wants us delivered of. You see? You know what the difficult thing about that is? That if you know, if you know that you're not supposed to say something about someone Let's say you're at work and somebody's in your office and they leave your office and someone else comes in. You didn't like something that somebody said and you, 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 you were sitting here today and then on Tuesday something like that happens in the office and you're remembering what I said and you choose to be ugly and talk ugly and say ugly things anyway, okay? When you choose to do that, when it begins to start becoming revelation to you, that's what Jesus calls sin. What sin is disobeying what he says is right. That's what sin is. It's not the act of it. It's continuing on in that. Right? And, and listen, we're forgiven before we do it. But he wants us to be free of it so we can be better people and we can live longer and, and we don't have to have so many different, you know, uh, things that we, you know, substances in our life that we have to have to relieve ourselves, we can get relieved and delivered because of the person of the Holy Spirit day to day because we're working these things out. But when you see somebody, like, like the people that criticize Gloria Copeland, they don't know any better. That's not sin to them. They're not, they're not being critical of somebody else. Man, they're demanding their rights. And the world is good at that. The world is good at entitlement to everything they say they have a right to. I mean, all, all, all the, the prejudice that's out there, I don't care what color it is, I don't care if it's, if it's white, if it's black, if it's Hispanic, if it's Asian, Indian, I, I mean, I don't care what it is, okay? That, that, the, the, the cultural thing that each group of people or colors of our skin have, the cultural thing is what the real issue is. 
And now people have made it the color of the skin. Well, I, I, myself, I didn't know there was people that were prejudiced. Till I, I was like 18 years old. I, I lived in an area where it was 85% Hispanic, and I just thought I was a Mexican too. I mean, I didn't know any difference. I mean, I, I didn't think like that. My, my mind didn't think that way. See, all, all, I mean, some of my best friends in life are Hispanic. The, the people that I went down there with, we, not, not only to help start the church there, but, but they've got five churches in, in Mexico down in Ciudad Victoria, down farther in, that one of those, I helped start one of those churches down in there. I mean, you're talking about a white boy, you know, down deep in Mexico, you know, uh, uh, helping to start a church and having people, I mean, most of the people, they just spoke Spanish and I spoke choppy Tex-Mex, you know? And so half the time, the words I use, they, they'd look at me like this and thinking, what's that boy saying, you know? I mean, that, that you could tell the look on their face, but I loved it and I still love it. And we're going back there. We're going to, you know, get, get, there's, there's, I, I want to go to every continent of the, na- uh, of, of the, of the world. I want to invest into people. See, God's just about people. God doesn't look at colors of skin and all that kind of thing, but the world does. And in every, in every color of skin, there is entitlement. You know why? Because you were taught that from here. Well, you know. I feel like this toward that color, and I feel like this toward that color, and this one doesn't like this bunch, and this one doesn't like this bunch, and all this kind of stuff, and we gotta, we got to see those walls come down, amen? We're, we're, we're I mean, I, I guess you can say multiculture, whatever, you know, we're just people. God's just about people. There's only two races of people on the planet today, and, and, and one of the two is becoming the other one, and this is a two race, Right? Two races, saved and unsaved. And God doesn't desire for anybody on planet earth not to be saved. So the purpose is for the second group to become the first group. And that's the only race that there is on the planet. It's not about color of skin. Yeah, we've got differences in our culture, but man, that should make us strong, right? I want to glean from other people's cultures and, and the things that they do. I was in the Ukraine last year, and I, it was a town of five million people, and, and man, I had a, such a good time. Learned so many good things and made so many good friends with people that are there, and I mean a hungry people, a hungry nation for the things of God. You, you watch in the Ukraine over the next few years, there's, there's a massive move of God going through that nation, where, where when I was there in uh, April of this last year, that there's maybe 8% that are born again in the Ukraine. You watch over the next 5 to 10 years, I mean, there's going to be a massive explosion of people being saved because key people are there, and we're going to be a part of that, you know? We're, we're, we're going to be, we are connected with that, and you'll see greater connection of that in, in the future. But that, that, there's such a good, such good people there, you know? Just great people. There's great people everywhere. Everybody say, I'm great. Say it, I'm great. Say, I'm great, and I'm getting greater. God didn't create anything that wasn't great. So there's great people everywhere. And God wants us out of the entitlement world and unhindered so we can accomplish in life what he created us to accomplish. Can you say amen? So those kinds of things, um, and, and, and I said this to you, I think, last week, and I, I'm going to say it again. 
um, if you don't have scripture on it, don't believe it. If you can't prove it in the scripture, and sometimes you need help to find it, because it's not just it's not just the face value of the logos of the word, but it's the inspired word, the revealed word that matters and makes a difference in the things that we do. You understand? And, and the grace and, and the mercy and the compassion that we have to have on people is where God teaches you to get liberated and free from things that you thought were so. Well, that, you know, why is that person here? They have this, or they look like this, or they, they smell when they were here. They, they, you know, that the person smelled like they just came out of the bar. Maybe they did. What better place they should be than right here to hear the word of God to make changes because they're never going to change what they're doing, whatever it is that they're doing. You, me, any of us, nobody will ever change anything if you're not sitting under the word. No better place to be than the church when you've got issues in your life. Since we all have figured it all out and we don't have any issues, then we just need to make room for everybody else. Right. <clears throat> Amen? Um, so, turn to Romans 8, and I just want to kind of tie this together and end it today. Romans 8, for today, and then we'll, 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 we're going to teach one more on this next, next Sunday. Romans 8. Eight and verse 1. So, we must know that we're spirit. We were created spirit. We must renew our minds according to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind so that your life can prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect in the sight of God. Amen? It can be proven your life when? When you renew your mind, when you change your, your ideas and your attitudes, as you change those, then you begin to change. You will not change the things you're doing if you don't renew your mind. Just take a break. Quit stressing yourself out trying to make changes until you get in the Word, till you position yourself where you're hearing the Word and then doing something with what you hear. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that the words that I preach are this exhaustive teaching that are going to fix you and change you. I'm preaching a piece of something that the Holy Spirit wants to take and reveal to you on a daily basis. That's why you take notes, you go back and listen to the words online, and, and, and meditate on the things that you're hearing so that your life can be renewed and your flesh will, you'll find yourself doing things, your flesh will do things that you want to do instead of doing things that you don't want to do. And it's a dilemma. And a lot of times we just do other things to try to, you know, soothe our conscience and tolerate, to try to do things to get us, you know, some, a lot of people just stay as busy as they can. Just busy, 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 so they don't have to think about these things that are not working. God doesn't want you to do that. He doesn't want you to tolerate stuff. He wants you to overcome stuff. Say this after me. I was created to overcome everything. He overcame, and because he overcame, I have faith in the fact he overcame, and he overcame so that I could overcome, so I can overcome if I have faith in the fact that he overcame. Don't ask me to repeat that. Amen. Romans 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, 
who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. They don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, those four verses say a lot, but two things I just want to point out as I keep reading here is this. There's the law of the Spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. There's a law that says what Jesus did has taken care of everything. It's a completed work. The law of of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has liberated you and I and set us free from the law of sin and death. So over here is the law of sin and death, the way of thinking of the world. The world puts you under the law, they put themselves under the law, and they don't even know it. Over here, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has liberated us from this, but it says the fulfillment of this. See, Jesus already has done this spiritually. But the fulfillment of being liberated from this way of thinking and this life over here is found in us who don't walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Okay, Pastor, that sounds great, but how do you do that? Okay, glad you asked. Verse 5 tells us. For those who live according to the flesh do what? They set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now, I'm just going to give you a couple examples, and, and you know, don't, don't misread my examples today, or, or what, what I'm using as an example to kind of define what he's talking about right here. Actually, I'm going to read uh, four more verses and then come back to verse 5. I'm going to read verse 5 again. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the, the things of the Spirit... Or they set their mind on the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death. And that word death there is not ceasing to exist, it's destruction. For to be carnally minded is to be destroyed. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. It can't be. See, so when you see people doing things that are crazy, I mean absolutely crazy, they don't have the power to do different because they don't know what the law or the commands or the word or the revelation of God is. They have no ability to do it. Don't get mad at people that don't have any revelation. Man, we're called to love them. It's the kindness of God that leads a stupid person into repentance. Huh? And don't, don't forget when you were really stupid. Huh? And some people think you still are. Anyway. Because the carnal mind... I already read that. Verse 8. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Okay? And, And that's a settled thing. When do you get the Spirit of Christ? When you ask Jesus Christ into your life. You make a confession as a result of believing in your heart that what God did in raising him from the dead and seating him at the right hand of the Father was a finished work. And when you have faith in that, the Spirit of God comes on the inside of you. There's extended experiences 
with the Spirit of God, but it's the same Spirit. There's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we teach on we in our Wednesday series that we've done now for three months on the, on the gifts of the Spirit. If you haven't been here for any of those, I really encourage you to go back, uh, go to the website, and, and, and you can download or listen free to any of those messages. I really encourage you, if you're interested in understanding about the gifts of the Spirit and how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit and what they're really about, because they're not freaky, they're not weird, God's not weird, but to learn about those kind of things and make them a part of your life, go and listen to that, see? But, but to understand spiritual things and to understand how the Spirit of God operates, we have to tap into that. So go back to verse 5, and, and, and let me just, I'm, I'm going to end with just my recap of these few verses here and, and, and just adding a couple things. He said, those who live according to the flesh... They set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now, the word flesh there, it has to do with this. But it has to do with your five physical senses. What you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you touch, what you come in contact with on a regular basis. The things that you come in contact... Are they, are they dictating how you believe? And if so, then memory goes back and reminds you of how good it is to do something to help you relieve the stress from everything you see and you hear and, and, and that's going on in life. Right? So, for example... My, my buddy yesterday, drinking a glass of wine and listening to some JT. Now, ain't nobody anywhere like my wife and I that love James Taylor and James Taylor's music. I love his music. But I don't listen to James Taylor to get refreshed. I listen to James Taylor because I like it. I don't drink a glass of wine to get refreshed. And for me, I don't drink wine. Doesn't mean you can't have a glass of wine. Bible doesn't say anything about having a glass or something like that. Doesn't say anything about it. And if you and if you if you get people that tell you that, you know, you're going to hell because you have a drink or something, it's a lie. It's not scriptural. See? Drunkenness and gluttony are always two words that are mentioned together in the Bible. What does that have to do with? Excess, right? That's what God doesn't want because excess hurts you. It ruins you. It destroys your, it'll, you know, drinking or doing anything in excess will destroy your body the same way eating the wrong things can destroy your body. That's why we, 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 we're learning and we're receiving more and more wisdom about how to treat our bodies and the things that we do, see? So what I'm saying is, in this verse right here, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. So... Now, I'm going to say something that, you know, you could take this wrong, what I'm going to say, okay? But I'm trying to help you. And if when you're under stress and you're under pressure and things happen in your life, and the first thing you go to is something of the flesh, first thing you go to is a bottle of wine or, or a beer in the fridge or those kind of things, 
If that's the first thing that you go to to relieve stress, God wants to help you and train you not to believe that you have to have that to be free of some of the stress and the pressures of life, okay? If you're going to drink a glass of wine, you have a glass of wine because you like it. Did you hear me? Do something like that because you like it, but then you do it. I don't drink wine because I drank wine and everything else in excess. And when I came out of the kingdom, I just quit. And I haven't had anything to drink other than somebody wanting me to taste something and sipping something. I haven't had anything to drink since I was, what, 21? 20, 21, 22 years old, something like that. I haven't had anything to drink because I don't want anything to drink. See, that's just me. And, but yet, I know people and I have friends and I'm not sometimes popular when they ask. I don't tell them anything, but when they ask me, I tell them what I think. And I say, if you've always got to go to the bottle to get relief, you're going to the wrong bottle. Hmm? You need to go to the bottle that's full of the water of the Word. And when you go there, then you're not... Because listen, when you're, when you're going to a, to a glass of wine... For relief and you say you know why are you harping on that i don't know i'm just using it as an example okay when you go to anything for relief okay you go to a bottle of wine for relief it's not just a glass it's like a lay's potato chip <laughs> one is the bag or at least three-fourths of the bag yeah i left some no you can't stop and that's what a lot of times it leads into it. But when you're drinking it because you like it, and, and because, you know, there's some good things in, in a glass of wine that are good for your physical body, you know. But when you go to that first, there's something God wants you to work out within yourself. See, I'm not putting you in a combination. If that's what you do, do it, you know. But keep coming and listen to the Word and let the Word begin to replace the things of the flesh. See, because when the flesh needs something from the flesh to feel good, okay, God wants to make the change. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from needing anything that the world has. The reason people are in addictions, I mean, my whole family were addicted people, right? Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, they made a living off of us, off of my family. I mean, we just, all of my family went through it, and we did all those things. And thank God, everybody say, thank God for AA, amen? Great organization, you know, um, to, to today, uh, AA uh, doesn't go as far as I think they should with the God of the Bible, but you know what? They get people off of stuff, and so I'm thankful. I'm grateful for them. I, you, you can not like them because they don't do everything you think they should do. No, but they're doing some good, and they're helping people to accomplish getting off of certain things in their lives. Can you say amen to that? Okay? But I, I don't want to stop there. So if I get somebody coming to me that is in AA and all he says over himself all the time is, uh, my name is so-and-so and I'm an alcoholic, I'm going to tell him, look, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has liberated you from being an alcoholic. And even if you're still drinking and you're still getting drunk, God wants you to declare that what you're doing over here, you can be liberated from because of what Jesus did over here. You see? And if you don't get that way of thinking in people's minds, then they stay in bondage to that thing and feeling bad. And like one drink away from collapsing. 
What a horrible way to live your whole life thinking you're one drink away from getting back on the wagon and being destroyed. And Jesus Christ liberated us in every way. I needed to share with you that example to maybe get the elephant out of the room. It's not a bit, we're not, we're not majoring. Listen, to major on alcohol is a minor. The major thing we need to be majoring on is the word. And the word will liberate you from anything that God wants you liberated from. And it's not the opinions of everybody else in your neighbors trying to tell you what you need to be liberated. It's you getting the word and beginning to make the choice. I want to be set free of this. I don't want to be dependent on anything in life except God and the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen to that? That's our God, man. I'm telling you, that is our God in the name of Jesus. So, I'm going to end with, I'm going to end with this verse, these, or these three verses right here. I'm going to end with these, and then we'll pick this up next week. Verse 12 says, therefore, because of the things that we just read previous, therefore, Brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, then you'll live in the life of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Amen? Amen? You realize that when what he's talking about there about being dead is when you're controlled by some type of a substance or you're controlled by some kind of a, some type of an activity that you have to be involved in, I don't care what it is, when you're controlled by that thing, you live your life short of what God intended you to live in. You live your life short of being able to live in the fullness of the things of God because, I don't care if it's alcohol or drugs or what it is, it's gambling or you're, you're, you're engrossed in pornography or you I don't care what it is that you're controlled by in life that's got a grip on your mind. None of those things are going to give you the life of God. And he wants you liberated from those things. He does. But the only way you can get liberated is if you believe that what I'm saying today is true. You heard what I'm saying. You didn't hear what you think I said, but you heard what I said. And that God wants to liberate you and set you free. Everybody just close your eyes for a moment. Today, in some of the things that I've shared in this message, living a life of being unhindered. Say, Pastor, you know, this area of my life or this couple of areas of my life or whatever, maybe your whole life. I feel like I'm hindered. I feel like I'm in bondage. I feel like whatever. It may be extreme. It may be just a little something. It doesn't matter what it is. But if what I shared today touched something in you, I'm not going to ask you to come up front here and, and, and do anything, but I'm going to ask you to stand where you're at and just say, Lord, I, I, I want to live a life unhindered in a greater way than I ever have before from this day forward. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that specifically. That's why you would stand. There's something that's hindering you, and you want to be free from that hindrance. 
I don't care what it is. You say that's you, just stand where you're at. Don't look around and see who's standing. If you know something is that with you, you take that stand. You just stand up and you're looking face to face with God because you're standing up in Him. And you're declaring today you're free from it. I'm going to pray with you in just a moment. Anybody else that needs to stand regarding this today? You know it's you. Been hindered, been held back, and God wants you to advance and overcome. So just quietly to yourself, you just tell God, Lord, you tell him. He, he, he knows what it is, but you tell him because you need to tell him. Just know where, where nobody else is hearing you or anything else. You just tell God, Lord, it's this. both hands to God right now and I'm going to pray over you. Heavenly Father, I declare today today is the day you have made and it's a great day and something amazing is happening and these people that have stood they're standing before you. They're acknowledging to you that there's something in their life that they need a greater level or form of overcoming. You created them to overcome. Jesus overcame and I declare today that This is the first day of the rest of their lives, each one of them that have stood today. And today, your empowerment, your anointing, your revelation is coming to them about how to overcome, giving them the strength in their flesh to stop something and start something new or however it works. Lord, the strength within them is coming from you in the name of Jesus. Today, Lord God, every hindrance is removed in the name of Jesus. And we give you glory and praise. And everybody said, amen and amen and amen and amen. Come on, give God praise today in the house. Amen. Woo! Glory to God. Now you receive that. You receive that. I heard God tell me to do that, to pray for you that way. And you receive that. And from today on, You begin, as that scripture said, putting to death the deeds of your body that want certain things. And and he's going to teach you how to do it. You keep coming and listening to the word. You keep studying and meditating and thanking God. This, what we prayed for today, isn't just something that happened today. It's something that started today. And it, it is coming to fruition in your life. In the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen.